I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 472 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, this weekend is the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby, and my guest today is world-class jockey Junior Alvarado. Now, I do have to preface this interview by saying I recorded this interview with Junior Alvarado prior to an accident that happened opening day at Belmont Park in which Junior was involved in a nasty three-horse spill involving two other jockeys. All three were thrown from their horses. Junior suffered a serious concussion. I have been in contact with his wife, Kelly, who says he's doing better, but he is off all of his mounts, including what could have been a possible run in this year's Kentucky Derby. Junior Alvarado has been a leading jockey going back several years now, and he has won a number of huge races, including the Gotham Stakes, the Holy Bull Stakes, the Fountain of Youth Stakes, the Belmont Derby, and so many others. I'm honored to have him on the podcast here today. Junior Alvarado will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Junior Alvarado was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the jockey and myself, please get over and hit me with a subscribe on YouTube, First Class Fatherhood. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys are fans of the horse racing game, you have got to go back and check out some of my interviews that I've done with other horse racing dads, including Hall of Fame jockeys Gary Stevens and Ramon Dominguez, as well as Eclipse award-winning jockey Jose Ortiz. Those interviews and many more are available in the archives of the podcast to listen to at your convenience. And if you guys are playing the ponies this weekend, may the horse be with you, as Harvey Pack at the track used to always say. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all the upcoming guest announcements that I'll be making here. I got a lot of great guests joining me soon, so find out who they are. If you're enjoying the show, please hit me with that rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast. That always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show to see us celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Jockey Junior Alvarado. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strike Force Energy has got you covered. With a Strike Force Energy packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strike Force Energy is veteran owned, and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co founded by Navy SEAL Sean Matson, Strike Force Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, first class fatherhood listeners can save. off their purchase by visiting StrikeForceEnergy.com and using the promo code FATHERHOOD. StrikeForce Energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. Joining me now, First Class Father, Junior Alvarado. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Uh, Thanks, Alex. You know, like... Glad to be here in your program and, you know, like, um, very happy and excited. Yeah, it's an honor to have you with me. Let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Uh, I have three kids. The oldest one is Adrian. He's 10. I got, um, then the girl, Adeline, 
Cheese Fry about to turn uh, six next week, and Axel, who is one and a half or one eight, ten months, about to be two. Okay, very cool. Are you all done there? Are you going to try to even the score? No, no, no. We're, we're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> all right. Ju- Junior, if you could, just take one minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, you know, yeah, been riding horses for, you know, over 14 years now. Um, you know, that's since I have memory, you know, all I wanted to do is to be a jockey. You know, my father was a jockey too in Venezuela. That's where I come from. And, you know, that's all, that was my dream since I was uh, a kid. Yeah, and you've been crushing it in the horse racing game here for quite a while now. So uh, along this journey that you had here, Junior, uh, about how old were you when you first became a dad? And then how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? You know, it was, you know, like um, I was with my, you know, with my wife, Kelly, and you know, like, uh, we find out, like, we weren't planning to have a, uh, a baby, you know, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, she found out she was pregnant, you know, like, like everything, you know, your first time I was, um, I was 27 years old, freaked out, freaked <laughs> out, you know, like, you know, like, like I said, I wasn't expecting it, you know, we weren't trying, we weren't avoiding it either, you know, but, you know, it, it was just a shocking, but, you know, to be honest, you know, after, you know, I got the mid my baby you know when he was born and all that stuff i mean my life completely changed you know it just definitely you know changed drastically like um i don't know you you start getting new feelings you have new feelings you have new connection with a new baby and and it just changed the whole way of seeing life and everything else you know like uh, even in my job you know like i what i do now i just do it for them you know i just you know I don't feel like I do right now anything for me, to be honest, you know, all I do, I, I want to use to make them proud. What I do is, you know, like I do it just to make sure they have a better life and, you know, a great life. Yeah, v- very well said, Junior. I mean, I, now I'm a guy that grew up in the grandstand. I mean, I was a, I went to the tracks as I was a little kid. My father was a, you know, big gambler at the track. I grew up gambling. I couldn't wait to place my first bet. Your kid's got a dad that's on the other side of this, a jockey. I would think that's got to be one of the coolest dad jobs in the world here. So are your kids, do they come to the track? Are they interested in riding horses? Do they enjoy the game of horse racing? You know, I'm going to start with this point. Like, <laughs> like I say, I always wanted to be a jockey. My dad. And my mom didn't want me to be a jockey. Zero entry. They tried everything they could to keep me out of it. But they couldn't. You know, like, uh, it was my passion. It was in my blood. That's all I wanted to be a jockey. I never understood why. I was like, but why? Why they can just support me? Why they can help me a little bit out? You know, they didn't know why. They were so against it. Now I understand that I'm a father. I had it to be a, become a father for me to understand why. It was like they were so against it. And like I say, it's a beautiful profession. I love it. You know, like uh, if I had to do it a thousand times, a thousand times, I would become a jockey. You know, I wouldn't do anything different. But, you know, it, it is the, the risk and the danger. And, you know, now you understand being being a father, you know, you don't want your kid get hurt. You don't want such a, like, um, risky profession for them, you know. And, yeah, I mean, they, 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 they love to go to the track. But they look, go to the track just as a half point in the track, you know. As of right now, 
uh, I guess the ten-year-old, like Adrian, he's, he has he haven't been interesting at all. You know, like zero interest in horse racing. You know, not even a jockey or a trainer, nothing at all. You know, as so of right now, his mind is to be a baseball player. That's all he he talks about. That's all he wants to try to do. So, and the the middle one, Adeline, same thing. You know, she goes to the track, she enjoys to be around, but that's about it. You know, she she's not really into horse racing. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. Um, what would you say? What would you say, Junior? Are the top values that you're hoping to instill in your kids growing up? You know, I would say just like uh, you know, coming from Venezuela, you know, it's a it's a different culture, culture, you know, and you know, all I want to make sure is you know they know they to work for for to be somebody. You know, it, it takes a lot of work. You need dedication, and just to make sure when you do something, when you put your goals into something, do it 110%. Just make sure you love what you're doing and you and you try, like I say, not even 100%, always try 110%. That's like for me because same thing, like once my dad and, and my mom got on board that they couldn't avoid anything else, like they knew that I was going to do it, you knew they put that into me, you know. They make sure you put dedication, work, and, you know, like th those are like, you know, like uh, one thing that, that I will say, like that I put very hard into what I do in my job. And I will say, you know, it, it helps me to be successful. So I want them to be one day, whatever they decide to do in life. I want them to be successful in what they do just because they put the work that they have to put, you know. Yeah, really good stuff, Junior. And I know this year you were a snowbird here. You went down to Gulfstream for the winter meet. Uh, what what was the deciding factor for you to go down to Gulfstream this year instead of staying up in New York? Uh, and how did that? How was that adjustment for the kids? You know, it's like everything. You know, I guess you know, like there is a good rider here in New York, and you know, in the winter time. You know, normally we say like all the good riders go to Gulfstream. I mean, they're still. Plenty good rider that stay here and 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 New York in the winter. The difference is like the riders get the bigger opportunity to go to Florida. I will say I will put it that way because I mean I think there's a great rider going that way and this and there's some good riders that stay here still. But you know like my decision was to, like you know it was already you know time I think you know we're eight years where I've been staying here in the winter. I think you know. It might do, like I say, and I, I was having a lot of support from different trainers to go to Florida. And, and like I say, like um, with the COVID-19 right now, you know, kids were able to do their their class to through through their laptops. You know, it, it kind of everything kind of worked out uh, this year. And, and you know, like uh, I had it because that was my thing. Like I wasn't going to go down to Florida if he, my kids and my wife weren't coming with me. That was a, a, a no, no for me. Um, I'm a person who like right now, like, like I say, all I do, I do it for them. And it wasn't going to be worth it for me just to be there working. And they were, and if they were here and, and I wouldn't be able to, to, to come back home after races, you know, that that's something like, uh, uh, I love just every time I finish um, my job, get home, get to see my kids how they get excited when I get home. That is something that I will never trade in, in, in life. And, and, and yeah, I mean, just, it's like I say, just having the support of a lot of trainers. That's why I decided this year to go there to Florida. 
Yeah, very good. And then, and then what about, like you just mentioned there, the pandemic. Obviously, every industry has been uh, turned upside down by the pandemic. What was it like in the horse racing industry here? What was it like to, to ride ra- races in front of no crowd and all that? How, how did you kind of manage? Were you affected at all with the amount of mounts that you got? Or were you shut down for any period? How did you make out uh, professionally during this? All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from my pillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the my pillow products, from the robe to the towels. But my absolute favorite, hands down product, is the my pillow mattress topper on our king size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. The pandemic, what was it like in the horse racing industry here? What was it like to, to ride ra- races in front of no crowd and all that? How, how did you kind of manage? Were you affected at all with the amount of mounts that you got, or were you shut down for any period? How did you make out uh, professionally during this? Yeah, you know, we got hit, you know, like when, when this all started, you know, last year, you know, we, we closed the track right here in New York. You know, we're still riding here in the winter. The track was closed for a period of about three months. And like I said, like the first month, month and a half, we didn't have idea for how long they will going to stay closed, you know. Then, you know, they were, then we opened the track. There was no fans. It wasn't, it's, it's, it's not the same, you know. Then we had to go to Saratoga. Saratoga is a meet where, like, it seems like, we're driven by the by the fans. What we do, we do it for the fans. You know, it's just such a good connection between fans and the job that we do. That it, it, it makes it it makes it great. You know, it makes your job enjoyable there in Saratoga. And it was, you know, it, it was very sad. You know, it was not the same. You know, we got to do what we have to do. But like I said, there was something that you know we learned that we don't we don't we don't want to take for granted anymore. Like having the fans, like. And, and and every track, you know, and and yeah, I mean, like things have start opening now, you know, little by little, you know, still, you know, like it's not as I we wish to be, but you know, hopefully soon, sooner than later. Yeah, yeah, well said. And then and then pulling it back into you as a dad here, Junior. Uh, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad, and is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? You know, I, yes, it's different culture here. My wife, <laughs> she's American. You know, she's from here, so it's a little different. You know, sometimes it gets a little challenging the way she does and stuff, the way that I grew up doing stuff and learning how to do it, you know. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, there's compromise. Sometimes, you know, I have to kind of lay back and let it do it, you know, let it put the kids in place the way she thinks is the, the best way. And like I said, sometimes I have to get involved and do a little bit of the spanking because, you know, sometimes, you know, like I just the talking seems sometimes, they don't they don't get it and sometimes you have to kind of like remain remind them that like hey 
I'm right here. You, you know, you have to follow those rules, like it or not, you know. But yeah, you know that that, that that's what it was when I grew up. You know, when I grew up, you know, I remember just being like um, my mom was the one that like put the rules in the house. She she was the one that like you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do that. My dad was kind of like the laid back person, you know. But you know, I, I say like. You know, for my mom was a very, very strict person. But like I say, I, I, uh, at the time, you know, I said like, Jesus, my mom, she's like, oh, too much, too much, too much. Now that I'm a father, I'm like, I'm glad she was the way she was because I would never be the kind of person I am today. I would never like uh, be at this position today. Like being in Venezuela, you know, you, you know, so much good things happen like but the same thing a lot of bad things go in your life you know like and like i said just having that in mind having that good discipline that that you know my 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 father my mom and my dad put into me you know i'll never went in the wrong way you know yeah and i, I think it's important junior I, I talk about a lot on the, on the podcast here that we have a fatherless crisis going on we have so many kids that are growing up without a father and i i was one that grew up with that wait till your father gets home type of uh, deal and, and that was enough to kind of set me straight and i think if you don't have that father influence in the household i think we, we're seeing a lot of devastating results in society as a result of that yeah definitely a hundred percent you know um you know that's how we can uh, we can do it right now. You know I, I'm the one that kind of sometimes I do the spanky, even though I'm the one that the last person ju- to to go in case like when she can, not say that she cannot handle it, but when she's kind of like done with it, <laughs> then that's when, when when I come to me. But you know it, it rarely gets to that point. You know when they knew it, it's gonna be me next. You know they kind of start what they have to do, and it, you know it, I just think like I said that's how I grew up and. And, and, you know, I was fine, you know, and I knew right from wrong. I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew what, what, what I'm not supposed to do. And, and like I said, I, I don't think it's that hard, but you simply, you have to put, you know, like set of rules and, you know, you have to respect. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, about that, Junior, I got four kids myself, and, and all four require, like, a little bit of a different style of discipline, too. And the same style, don't spanking don't work for all four the same way. So uh, it's definitely finding the right way to each one of them, the way that, they've, the way that they'll respond to discipline, too, is a, is, is a challenge and a learning process itself. So, Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's like I say, it's, it's, it's very challenging. And like I said, we learn every day. Like, I, can, I haven't do the spanking with, the, with my five-year-old, like the girl. First, I, I don't have the the will to do it. <laughs> Second, you know, she's more like a sensitive. You know, she's very even when if you kind of like put your tone a little high, you know, she gets very sensitive. She start crying right away. So you know, we kind of work out like how to like the best way to let's say to punish her in case she's doing something she's not supposed to and she's not listening. She's not listening. We'll you know we'll always find a way how to make sure she she stops and she listens to us and she respect or she you know learn what she's supposed to do yeah i'm right there with you my youngest is my only girl i i have uh you know a six-year-old girl she's my baby so i definitely struggle with the way uh, i mean definitely better at disciplining the boys than her so i'm still learning on that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) definitely bringing it back into what you do now you've raced a, a lot of different places what would you say is your favorite racetrack to ride Saratoga racetrack, Saratoga, like that, that is no, you know, there is no place like it, you know, second, a second best, I would say probably Kineland, it's a great racetrack, you know, the fans there are unbelievable, amazing, 
probably something about Saratoga. It's like, I don't know, the whole town in Saratoga, the racetrack, the like, everything is about horse racing, you know, and, you know, when you're, like I said, when, when I'm at work, when I'm in the town, it just, the atmosphere is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Saratoga is obviously one of, one of the uh, most recognizable places in all of horse racing. So now obviously the Kentucky Derby here, it, we're a little bit away of it now putting this out here right before the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I know you had the candy rocket man. Things didn't break the way you wanted them to in the wood Memorial. Do you have any other mounts that you're hoping to aim towards the Kentucky Derby? And who do you think is the horse to beat right now for the Derby? Uh, there's a couple of horses, you know, it's still kind of like a, uh... 50-50 right there. We're trying to figure it out which one, which way we're gonna go. We're trying to get the best horse at this at, at this point. You know, like I said, there is no no much time left. You know, to pick your horses. You know, like most of them, they already have the the point for the races. And and I will say, I think you know, like uh, Bob Buffer. You know, he's the he's the man right now. Like he's been winning the last. Um, uh, Kentucky Derby, you know, we had the toughest horses in there, and I have to say, you know, probably he had the best, like, the favorite right now, which is a horse that Joel Rosario's been riding, he's gonna run the next week, the, the Arkansas Derby, so, you know, that, that that's what I think the top horse is. Okay, good stuff. And then what would you say for yourself here, Junior? I, I know you've been doing this a while. Do you have a number set on uh, when you're going to walk away from the game of horse racing? Do you have a certain age that you want to get to? And do you have any kind of plans you see yourself doing once you do retire from the game? Uh, you know, I, I had kind of like a number. I thought I thought probably like six years from from last year. I thought from before I had Axel, my last one, you know, I think in like six more years. Now when, you know, we find out she was pregnant again <laughs> then i said well this is going to extend a little longer now so you know i i think you know to be honest you know if i stay you know healthy you know i think i could easily do at least 12 12 to 15 more years you know like i say as long as we, I, I stay healthy you know 12 15 years should be should be a good number for me to to, to keep doing what i love and 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 doing it the right way with a good performance you know Awesome. All right. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Junior, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Well, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, I would say sometimes you just be patient. You know, I guess, you know, like I learned the, 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 the big thing that I learned, you know, like I said, like I freaked out when I found out I was going to be a father. So, you know, like it's, it's, a, it, it's like an instinct that you will have, you know, and, you know, you will learn how to do things when you, when you become a father, you know, and for those that already a father, you know, I guess, you know, be patient, be patient, you know, this is something that I wasn't, a, I'm not a patient person and I'm, you know, I'm learning and this is something that I've been working on it. My wife kind of helped me a lot of times, you know, like just to be patient with, when you have kids, you have to be patient. You have to remember they are kids. They are not adults. They're not grown up people yet. They are kids. And, you know, sometimes they're, you know, you say stuff and keep saying, repeating it, and they're not listening. They play and jumping around, keep doing it over, over, and over. But once again, they are kids. You need to be patient with them. You know, that's probably like my, my biggest advice because that's what I, you know, will find myself sometimes that I struggle with. And I try to put that in my head that they are kids, they are kids. 
you know, sometimes you have to let them a little bit because, like I say, you know, they're kids. They're not grown up. They're not older people. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Junior Alvarado, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, no, thank you, Alex. And, and you know, like, uh, love to be here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Junior Alvarado for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. My thoughts and prayers are continuing to be with Junior, his wife Kelly, and his entire family as he continues to recover uh, from what was just a nasty spill over at Belmont Park on opening day there where he suffered a serious concussion. Uh, so hope to see Junior back out there on the track soon. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore to find out all the upcoming guest announcements on the podcast here. If you are going to be gambling on this year's Kentucky Derby, may the horse be with you. Good luck. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.